Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I am John Breeden, your chief lounge lizard, and today we are going to be talking about games and reasons why we don't like playing them, or reasons why we might stop playing a good game if we run into one of these walls. Yeah, I was watching, uh, uh, oh, and joining me in the lounge today is somebody who also plays a lot of games, but different games than me, is uh, Marie Flanagan. Marie, welcome to the lounge today. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, I was watching on TV the other day. I was watching this ridiculous show that really needs a lot better editing, but it was called American Ninja Warrior. Um, and uh, basically, uh, in Japan, they have a uh, like a, a ridiculous track where you have to like run and people throw spears at you and stuff like that. And and 2,700 people have tried to um to to get to the top and become a ninja warrior, and only three have made it. And I think like 70 have been killed or something like that. So of course they bring this game to America, and there's one obstacle that where you have to run like really really fast, and they have this like 18 foot high wall that you have to somehow Jackie Chan scale and get to the top like with no handholds or anything. So I kind of thought that's sort of like the wall that you run into with certain games where it's like, you know, you really, really want to push through it, but you're just not going to if you, if you run into these things. So I figured with uh, with E3 coming up and a lot of people talking about the new, the new games that they're going to be showing, maybe a show like this would help developers not to put these things in their games. What do you, what do you think? Maybe? Yeah. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Well, we'll give we'll give it a try. So, uh, but we will actually uh, speaking of E3, we will actually be covering uh, E3 this year. Our reporter Lisa Campos will be uh, on the scene covering all the keynotes and and everything. So, we're looking forward to seeing uh, her stuff uh, come come the uh, show, which is uh, first first uh, first or second week of June. It's coming up real soon. That's very cool. So we're looking, yeah, we're looking forward we're looking forward to that. Okay, so. Uh, so I asked uh, Marie to come up with her list of, of five things, and I think, luckily, you know, as a, as an editor, we get to hear, we get a lot of feedback from people. Uh, so <laughs> yes, some of it is nice, <laughs> um, where uh, people tell us what what pisses them off about games and and. And our reviews of games, uh, oddly enough. Uh, so I kind of compiled this list. Some of this stuff is is my personal things, and some of the things are uh, a collage of things that other people have told me where a lot of people have said. And this was one, actually, that it does annoy me, but I actually got this from, from the feedback. Um, and that is uh, – so this would be like my number five. And that would be uh, bad voice acting or or what I consider is even worse, no voice acting. Uh, now – you know, bad voice acting. Todd Hargosh always talks about the bad voice acting, and he he'll he'll tell you you know which of the Metal Gear when we did our Metal Gear Solid show, you know he was like that Raiden sounded horrible. I hated him, you know, or whatever. I, yeah, I get that, but you know sometimes I think bad voice acting can be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's funny, but you know what's funny the first time you hear it <laughs> isn't necessarily funny the seventy fifth time you hear it. Yeah, I suppose if it's if it's uh I mean in in some extent, I mean you can even go back and say that you know, Oblivion kind of had sort of bad voice acting, not because the voice acting was bad, but because they only had like five actors. Right, so right. Yeah, 
you ran into different people, but it was the same person right. every time. So it's the same. So that was kind of annoying. I mean, they did fix that with Skyrim. I mean, there are a lot of different actors. Which is now. nice. Um, but the one example that uh, I can mention is this game called Fairy, which was pretty neat. It was a role-playing game. Um, I believe it came out for the PS3 exclusively at first, and then and then branched out to other um, areas. But uh, oh, yeah. no voice acting. I played that game. Did yeah, you? Yeah, but you know, I got so sick of reading. <laughs> that was the one I was going to bring up as the example. Yeah, it's like um, you know, your little fairy flies up to the little troll, and the troll is going to tell you something really important, and it's just like the half the screen is filled with oh, text, yeah. and then you're yeah, and you read it, and you're like, okay, next. Oh, oh, great. The screen filled up with text again. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's something that makes me crazy because my TV is is huge, but it's across the room from me. So um, I am like, I can't read all that from over here. And then, you know, you find yourself walking over and then you're like, forget this. I'm not playing this game, <laughs> which was exactly my experience with fairy. If I wanted to read that much, I would read a book. Yeah, I mean, you know, they put a lot into the game, and it was a good plot, and I did slog through it to the end, but, you know, I kind of speed-read whenever somebody was... I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, golden shell, got it, okay. <laughs> I'll find it, whatever. Um, but, uh, you, you know, the other thing is that on, on the TV... I mean, the TV's not really the best device for reading text. I mean, you know, and the font choice was a little odd, and so it wasn't it wasn't even on a big TV. It wasn't the easiest yeah, thing to read. it's just an unpleasant and, experience, I think. You know who else was horrible well, for that? Wii who? games. Oh, really? I don't know what it is about the, the games for Nintendo Wii, but a lot of them don't have voice acting. Even big games, like, that you would expect to have voice acting didn't have voice acting. Like, um, what was that, uh, the Mickey Mouse one? Oh, uh, the one where he was yeah. drawing? Yeah, I can't uh, remember exactly what it was called. Yeah, I, it was up for a game of the year. I don't think it no, won, but, you know, um... It, it had such great potential, but one of the big flaws in that game was it did not have voice acting. Well, Mickey Mouse isn't supposed to talk. Yeah, though, but I it guess. didn't have any voice acting. Like, it wasn't, no. <laughs> there wasn't, it just, it, I don't know, it just was unpleasant to, it's a lot of reading. And that's, that's fairly common for, for Nintendo games. There's a lot of voice acting in those games. Yeah, I don't know. Well, for something like Fable, I mean, you know, I'm assuming it was done with a small studio and stuff, so that's probably why it wasn't there. You know, the, the Mickey's Adventure or whatever it was called, uh, Probably has less of an excuse. I'm thinking they had a little bit of a budget. They could have uh, they could have paid somebody to do the voice acting. But come on, get get some people in your freaking studio to do the do something. Yeah, but you know, then other- at least with Fable, I think because of the title, <laughs> you sort of have this expectation that it will be like sort of old school kind of thing. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Plus, they really minimized the text that you had to read in that game. Right. So right. I. I don't know. I that's it's just a nuisance when when it's just like gobs and gobs of story. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it. I've heard it from. Like I say, it's, it's not a huge pet peeve of mine, but I've heard it from enough readers that uh, that it, it it's it that it it's something I wanted to bring up. I know Kelly reviewed the game, and she played it. I believe she played the PC version or something, and she was looking at it on her laptop screen, and she was like, "You can't even read the damn text. <laughs> it's too <laughs> tiny. It's like." Yeah, it's so tiny. It's like, you know, thanks. It's, you know, my, it's not a Kindle, you know? Yeah, yeah that's, wanna... that is something that's to point out, though. That's, there are text games, like, on the on the Kindle, and, and I like those, but it's designed for you to read it. 
You know, it reads more like a book. It's more comfortable to read. The font is good. Yeah, when when I come home from work and I'm tired, you know, I want to sit down and I, you know, I want to shoot something or I want to be entertained or whatever. I don't want to read. <laughs> I've been doing that all day, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so that was number five, and that was sort of the people's number five, more so than mine. But do you do you have a number five? Yes, I would say my number five is save points being too far apart. Oh, uh, or save points at all. Oh. I mean, there's really no need them anymore yeah i yeah well yes ideally i like a game to save where i stop it i don't right or i don't want a save point at all i want the save point to be where i stop it you know they were originally set up because um i think the original was like tomb raider is probably the best example you had to find the save diamond but that was set up because the consoles at the time didn't really have the ability to save right, anywhere. They, they didn't have the memory Absolutely, stuff. and technologically speaking, I totally understand that, but that's not the case anymore. And so it irritates me when games still do that you know, process when there's really no excuse for it anymore. You don't keep doing something that you had to do because you had crappy technology once the technology improves. So I find that, right. I find that very irritating. Uh, a really good game was uh, um, The Walking Dead, um, which we just re- we just reviewed from Telltale, and that had save points, but you didn't see them. They just it knew like whenever you were like peeking over a wall at a zombie, it was secretly saving the game for you. So when you walked out and inevitably got eaten because you did the wrong right. thing, it would put you right back at that That's wall. That's fantastic. So you're only re- yeah, you're only redoing like the last like five seconds. But there are games that have save points, and it's like you screw up, and then guess what? You're going through that level for 15, 20 more minutes to get to the point where you're probably going to die right, again. Exactly. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. I could see that. So no save points, or at least make them intelligent. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When you when you're about to face the big dragon, put the save point right exactly. there. <laughs> uh, okay, for me. Um, uh, number four, and this is this is where it starts to drift more into my list, is difficulty settings. In fact, not having difficulty settings. The biggest, the biggest offender of this, and and I'm so glad that Neil has come on to do uh, war game reviews for us because I cannot play war games from like companies like One C that publish all that Russian mm-hmm. stuff. Really good graphics, you know, the units are all extremely um detailed and everything but my god the russians must love pain (laughs) and misery because the games are impossible they're like okay yeah here's a rifle over there is the fifth german army you know go take care of them or whatever you know and it's like you know walk a few steps and get killed and and i don't know and keep doing that until you find the like one little path that you can possibly take and maybe make it sometimes through, through their levels. See, it's just, I don't understand it's just, that. It's like playing a strategy RPG, but also playing old school 1980s Donkey Kong. <laughs> okay. I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> why does this have to be so hard? <laughs> Yeah, and after a few times, you know, and you, there are things you can do. It's not as easy to do on a real-time strategy game, uh, but it is somewhat easy to do. If you, if you, you could, for example, if you set the difficulty to easy, it might give the enemy less hit points and give you more hit points or something like that. Right. I mean, there's there are things you can do to to make a difficulty setting. You know, I mean, I look at it like this. I mean, ultimately, I bought the game. 
You know, I, I it it is designed to entertain me. If I am not entertained by constant dying and difficulty, then I should be able to set the difficulty down and enjoy the game. It's not like Vegas. It's not like I'm competing against the developer of the right. game. They are supposed to make me happy. And difficulty settings, you know, make me make me happy. Well, and frankly, <laughs> you know, there's a reason that competitive players exist and play competitively and I'm I'm all for that but you know everybody doesn't want to play NBA basketball some of us just want to go out in the backyard and play horse <laughs> you know and and no, that's the thing and and I know as I've gotten older I mean when I was younger just like many young people I had hours and hours and hours of free time in which I could you know grind through this stuff and the repetitiveness didn't necessarily bother me as long as I enjoyed the game but you know, now I just don't have that kind of time. So there are games that I play on an easier setting, and then there are games that I play on a harder setting. It depends on on the style of game. And I just I I'm like you though. I resent not being able to adjust that to my needs at the moment. Right. Yeah. I'm playing uh, I'm playing Diablo three now. Uh, I'm getting the review together for it. Fantastic game, by the way. And it has four difficulty settings. It has normal, and then it has an easier setting, and then it has a hard setting, and then it has like. Uh, you will die setting. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool. You can set it however you want, and the game scales, you know, for your for your needs. And you know, and the higher difficulty settings give you more rewards. So if that's something you're after, you know, you want the ultimate, you know, weapon or whatever, then feel free to challenge the nightmare setting. But you don't have to if you don't want to. So kudos to them. Difficulty settings, something I I like to see in games. Um, so do you have a number? I four? do actually, and it sort of ties into um yours. Mine is ridiculous controls. You know, oh, I hear this all the time in the reviews. I, yeah. <laughs> I have to use, you know, seven of my ten fingers to, you know, jump up in the air, kick punch, and, you know, solve a puzzle at the same time. I, I hate that. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, if I yeah. wanted to be this dexterous, I would play guitar. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is not... There's a reason I'm not a musician. <laughs> yeah. So I really I find the the insane controls um in in many ways even more frustrating than the lack of a difficulty setting because my feeling is that just sets you up to fail even on easy. You know, I mean, if you have to you have to learn so many controls for a game, your learning curve is so steep it makes it no fun. Yeah, and I like how a lot of because a lot of the games on the PlayStation uh, have sort of I mean there's still a little bit of variance, but a lot of them, especially the ones that are like shooters, have sort of um, have, there's like two different control schemes that they sort of have fallen into. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's usually left 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 one to aim and left two to shoot. You know, or it's right two to aim and right two to shoot and then the other ones do something else but pretty much you can you can pick up a game and you go okay this is control version b i know what to do you know and you can play personally i think it's an advantage to developers to stick with certain schemes because when you have these really complex controls like there was a game and god knows i love bethesda you know you know i love the elder Scrolls series fallout is great i love (laughs) them but they came. Yes, Marie is the. Marie, I just wanted to tell the the listeners. Marie is the only person that I know of on the planet that has played Bethesda games for more hours than me. <laughs> it's true. It's sad, but 
I mean, until until Marie came on to Jin, I was the that nerd that played uh, Oblivion for eight hundred hours, you know. And now Marie comes on and goes eight hundred <laughs> hours. That was like it's like my weekend. What? <laughs> well, no, I um, but they they had a game that came out, and I cannot think of the name of it. Oh, yes, I do. Blink. Did you ever play Blink? Oh, you, you mean Brink. Brink? Brink. That's it. Did yeah. you ever play that game? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did, and it sucked. <laughs> but don't you think that a lot of what made it suck was the incredibly steep learning curve for the controls? The controls were hard. The missions were ridiculously hard, too. It was another one where I just, you know, I couldn't get from point A to but point B. But interesting you know? concept. I so wanted to see how that story played out, and I just couldn't get through it. It, it was hard for me because I do like the story, and I like how – because I only got through, like, the first three missions of both sides. I like how, you know, you get one perspective from the one guys, like, oh, you have to rescue this guy. But then when you play that from the other side, it was like, oh, he's really a spy, and we're trying to kill him. That's why. And, and you sort of figure this figure this out. It would have been neat to go through it, but I, I just couldn't Yeah, I, th- that's where I got. I was like, oh, man. And so, yeah, couldn't get anywhere with that game. Yeah, bring – Brink was not one of their one of their best efforts. Um, so for uh, for my number, in fact, it's the one that Neil Neil always talks about because he saved up money and everything, and he bought it, and he thought it was going to be awesome, and it was like, yeah. And I think he played it for like you know twenty minutes or I something. Mean, it like should that. have been awesome. Another yeah, game that yeah, they did I, that should have been more awesome was Hunted the Demon's Forge. Yeah, Hunted the Demon's Forge had some neat things about it where you could build your own levels and things like that. But you're right, it just it just wasn't that great of a game. Yeah, and it bothered me oh. the split screening on that. Mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. for uh cooperative play. I wanted right. to play cooperatively on the same screen. Well, I mean if we wanna if we're listing Bethesda games that could have been better, you know, Rage is up there oh, too. Yeah. I mean Rage was Rage was okay, but it wasn't Borderlands, right. you know, so but anyway, um, two on you know, but Bethesda, by the way, they've always sort of had this reputation where the the games they do internally are great, and then their external games not so great. So that's why I'm hoping that one that you want to see come out so bad is actually good. Um, the one with the assassin. Oh yeah, yeah, um, that looks so good. Yeah, that one. That one looks like that might that might really rock. So I got my fingers crossed. Yeah, me that. too. Uh, so my number three thing, and this kind of sort of goes back to the old school, at least I thought it did until I started recently doing a review of Jagged Alliance back in action, which I guess is sort of old school, but it's, um, uh, the bad pathfinding. Um, the pathfinding is annoying. I used to play, you know, Baldur's Gate pre-patch, and, you know, your guys, you tell them, okay, move from here to here, and, Five of your guys do it, and the sixth one runs around like, "Oh, I'm gonna take this bus and go around the city, and come, and I'll be here in a half hour." (laughs) You know, we really could have used you in those last six firefights while you were running through the thieves' district trying to get up to us. Um, uh, But um, Jagged Alliance, the the back in action, just the worst pathfinding I have ever seen. Um, I mean, you would tell you would you would put your one mercenary on Overwatch, you know, and say, okay, if you see anything, shoot. And you tell the other guy, okay, now you move past him and try to get to this log and take cover. And instead, he his he would get caught like on the other guy's belt, and they would end up like dancing around in circles around each other. And this is in a real time strategy game where every second counts. And I'm like, you freaking idiots are dancing. Meanwhile, the enemy is like, you know, crouching closer and closer. And, and your whole timing is shot, you know, because they're spinning around each other. And I'm like, uh, you know, I just I can't play this game. 
So, come on, people, pathfinding. There are a lot of engines, third-party engines you can buy to help your pathfinding. It's probably one of the easiest things you can play test. You know, we're talking about the very first <laughs> mission. <laughs> the very first ten minutes into the game, I could tell you had serious pathfinding problems. You know, find it and fix it. There's no excuse for it. So that is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, that's legitimate. <laughs> that's very legitimate. Now, okay, can I squeeze two in on this? Because I... I just, oh, I wow. thought of yeah, one sure. that, that goes with what you just said. So I really don't, okay. I don't want to be penalized and have that be my next one. Uh, that's alright. We'll consider this a 3A and yeah, 3B. This can be 3A and 3B. 3A ties in completely with the pathfinding, which is no map. Ah, yes. No oh, map. many games have been ruined. My god. Why? Why would you spend hundreds of hours designing a game that I have to walk through and not, for the love of god, give me a map? And as a subset to that, what do you think about um, about pointers that that show you towards your objectives too? You know, I I like the ability to turn those off. Okay. I love clairvoyance in Skyrim. Oh yeah. Because I don't, I almost never cast that spell. Mm-hmm. But I really like it when I need it. <laughs> that's kind of a good. That's kind of a good. Uh, you know. Uh, Good uh, compromise. Right. So I, but but to not have a map at all, you know, you find yourself lost in a place, and you're just like, I, I, I can't, I, I cannot get out of here. (laughs) Yeah, I. uh, Nobody likes to feel lost. I mean, certainly when you're visiting, and you know, when you're playing a game, it's the same thing. It's eventually you're only going to wander around the same three blocks of the city for so long before you say, you know what, f this. There are better things to do with my time than wander. Lost, right, yeah. Right. Okay. Or bad maps. Bad maps and no map. You know, the map that you can't read is almost as worthless as the, you know, no map. Okay, so that was three A, but three B okay. would have to be excessive cutscenes. Oh, uh, you know that's a that's that that one is almost as controversial as as the 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 pointers on the on your on your reticle um, because there are some people that love excessive cutscenes and for me it depends on it depends on what I'm feeling I guess it depends on why I'm playing a game so I mean I guess you're gonna say excessive cutscenes you're gonna say something like Final Fantasy you know is pretty much all cutscenes well it's just well. I, I don't like that turn-based RPG thing where you have to tell everybody where to go and they go and then then there's a big cutscene. I just don't like that style of play. Mm-hmm. But it, it really a really long cutscene in just about anything. If it goes over a minute and a minute is a really long time, mm-hmm. it's too it's too long. Hmm. And you know I just get. I don't know. I want to pick up my laptop and, you know, look. maybe it's because I don't watch TV without my laptop in my lap. I, maybe I over multitask. Maybe it's my fault. I can't. You know, short attention span theater is all I can handle. I mean, maybe that's the problem. But if it's a long cutscene, I find that, you know, I'm bored. You know, uh, it, it again. It depends. Some some games, you know, I, I sit down and I, I kind of enjoy the, the longer cutscenes. Um uh, but yeah, for the most part, I guess what happens to me is that the long cutscene always pops up the worst time. Like my wife is like, "It is time for dinner right now," and I'm like, "Okay, no problem." And then some, you know, six minute cutscene triggers, and I'm like, "Okay, I have to watch this, or I won't know what I'm doing, and I can't go back and see it." And then you're just like, "Hurry up, hurry up." So yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I could. See yeah, it. I mean, I they do. Maybe... They are they're often inopportune. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, the other thing is that games like. um Drake's Quest, where 
you know, uh, particularly the second one. Um, I can't remember which mm-hmm. one that is. Uh, Drake's Uncharted. Uncharted 2. Uncharted 2. That's... Right. So, you know, the opening scene of that game, I can remember the first time we played, we didn't do anything. Because it looked <laughs> like a movie. It looked like a cutscene. And then you fall to your death. And I was like, oh, oh my god, you can play during that? <laughs> and so, you know, that really raised the bar. So I'm kind of like, I don't want to watch this movie. If I wanted to watch a movie, I'd be in a movie. I want to play through, you know? <laughs> the interactive yep. scene, yep, yep. All right, uh, for me, um, number two is uh, Terrible Endings. And, of course, I'm going to beat the heck out of Mass Effect 3 once again. Um, I, I'm sorry, but, you know, Shella and I both played that series for five freaking years and we both came down to a three-part multiple choice ending all three of which were ridiculous and stupid (laughs) um you know so that was horrible but i think that this is sort of an epidemic in the game industry because i had just played another game which i liked which was deus ex human revolution where they had the same thing where you get to the end and literally Literally, they the, you get to the end and you talk to the computer. The computer goes, there are three possible ways that you can end this. Button number one does this. Button number two does this. Button number three does this. And then they added a fourth button, which was a secret button that you could walk down the hall and push the button and, and kill yourself and kill everybody. But that was just so ridiculous to give you an actual, okay, push a button and get the ending you want. Well, that's um, horrifying. Thing. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. So uh, I'm really I'm really pissed on bad endings. Some games have good endings, like Heavy Rain, you know, where it's just like you're you're just you're on the edge of your seat and you're epic. It's epic. It's amazing. But for the most part, I don't know. I think I think maybe some of these developers need to take like a creative writing class or something, something and learn to sort of figure out how to do a little bit better of an ending because because we deserve it. Well, <laughs> I hate to tag on to well. I'm going to anyway. <laughs> I hate to pile on to Mass Effect 3. But in Mass <laughs> Effect 3, we have my number two. Oh, I, I, well, okay. So if you're not pissed off about the ending, then I bet you you're going to be pissed off about the fact that you had to play multiplayer. Yep. <laughs> I cannot stand being forced to play multiplayer. I'm like, look, mm. I have a lot of friends. I have a large family. When I play video games, I like to play by myself. I don't want to play with a bunch of other people. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to play by myself. If I wanted to play multiplayer, I would play an online game. I bought this game to play on my console by myself. And I should be allowed to do that. And I should not be penalized for wanting to play by myself. And I should not be forced to play multiplayer in order to get a decent enough unit to go forward in the game. I, it's just, oh, God, I hate that. That is that was, that was, so irritating. That almost that, made my number was, one. But, oh, okay. That, a lot of people, lot of people pissed off. Oh yeah, that. yeah. Justifiably um, I'm so. thinking, I'm thinking that's not going to become an industry standard. <laughs> I would certainly <laughs> hope not, because it was not well received. <laughs> All right, so my number one, and uh, and this is, um, 
this is something that I just I just don't get into, but I think that I've also heard a lot of people complain about it, and I think it's mostly a Western gamer versus Eastern gamer thing. So Febby, maybe if you're if you're listening, you can write a column about this. But it's grinding, grinding. I hate grinding. Um, you know, I love playing MMOs. Um, I'm loving uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic right now because. There's really not grinding in it. You're actually going through and doing a story, and it's it's fun to do. Um, I played Lord of the Rings Online for many, many years, and to me, it seems like they just like ran out of content. The last two months I was playing, I swear, all I was freaking doing was collecting toad legs and rabbit ears and wolf hearts and all this crap, and it's just going out and killing these monsters over and over again to collect this thing for no real story, just because some idiot quest giver told you you had to do it. And, and you know, I just, I just, I got tired of it. It, be, it became a grind and I don't like it. And I hear that Eastern gamers and a lot of the, you know, like the, the Asian MMOs, they love that grinding. That's like something that they really get into, but I just can't. It is, it bores me to tears. If all games were like that, I would not play games. Yeah, I can agree with that. Grinding is a drag. And I, I, you know, and I don't know why some games seem so prone to that. And and I don't know why it's okay, I hate to bring up Skyrim again, but you know, I'm an Elder Scrolls junkie, I have a problem, whatever. I'll go to a twelve step program some other time. But you know, one of the things I like about the Elder Scrolls games is that you can do the missions, you can be all hardcore, or you know, if you're not in the hardcore mood, you can just collect alchemy ingredients that week. <laughs> You know, you can just um, make potions. You can just buy spell books. You can just walk around and kill bears. You know, I mean, whatever you want to do. Um, and I really like that aspect. So, in a sense, I can understand if you really love a game, why you might want to do some sort of grinding activities. But to be forced into a grind mode where they've just run out of story, that's that's no good. I don't mind I don't mind doing like the grind like like doing the mining or you know whatever to acquire things to make skills better or something like that. I mean, I don't I don't mind a certain amount of that if I can do it when I want to do it, you know, so I can break up intense gameplay with like sort of mellow sort of mm-hmm. you know gathering and collecting time, you know. But to mm-hmm. to be forced into that you know, for quest after quest after quest, I just don't, I don't have patience for that either. Gotcha. Okay, so that's why it's my number. That's why it's my number one. So what's your number okay, one? Okay, well, you know, remember, I love Skyrim. I just want to just up up front say that I love it. I love it. I love it. But my number one is glitches. Oh. Oh no. my god. <laughs> I just updated. I went through a period where I couldn't play for a while because I had a lot of stuff going on, and then I upped. You know, when you put the disc in the software, oh, new update. I update. Every time I go into the water, game freezes. No way. Wait. Now, fortunately, Google exists. <laughs> so I <laughs> – after getting your – because the first couple times it happens, you're like, oh, did I – you know, did I do this? Did I do that? Is it – you know, whatever. That, that would suck for me being an Argonian because I spent half my time Right, exactly. And so – um <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, this is a problem. So I get on Google and I type in, you know, Skyrim character freezes in water, whatever. Game freezes when character goes in water, whatever. And of course it pops up and it tells me, you know, oh, easy fix. This is what you do. So, I mean, it was a quick fix, but 
I, what'd you have to do? All do I remember? had to do was go in and delete not not the game data that saves your games, but the game data, the part that you the the part of the game that goes onto the PS3. That game data, actual game data, not like character data. Oh, so it was a, basically a patch that didn't. Take, right, and it it took, but then caused a glitch. So it basically wanted you to wipe it out, put the disc back in, and then it would install all of it in a happy, joy joy way. Right. And lo and behold, that fixed it. Started right back up. Everything's good. But hmm. glitches are my, you know, and of course when when Skyrim first came out for the PS3, it was very very buggy. Had a lot more problems with it than the Xbox players had, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, my only issue with the glitches, and of course, with, with a game as large as Skyrim, it's a little bit more forgivable because it's just so ginormous and it has hundreds of hours of play. Um, but a smaller game that doesn't have hundreds of hours of play, you know, those get glitchy, like you said, with the pathfinding. I got two guys dancing mm-hmm. around, and people are trying to kill me, and, you know, they're <laughs> playing do do and, you know, I need them to be, like, you know, taking positions so that they can, you know, be the sniper guy. This is not helping me. So that kind of stuff, that makes me psychotic above all else, is that kind of glitchy so, stuff. So, some, I was just thinking, so, some glitches are pretty hilarious, depending, Oh, well, though. do you remember I, the I remember- mammoth that fell out of the sky? <laughs> right, right. I was, I was, I was thinking Red Dead Redemption, where there was a mission where instead of a guy uh, spawning, they spawned a coyote, no. and the coyote, and the coyote talked like the Taco Bell dog because it was supposed to be a Mexican guy. So he's like, <laughs> so he was like, hey, come help me take out this fort, uh, yeah. And, and he's climbing. He's like, help! I'll boost you up on top of this outhouse so you can take them by surprise. And it's a freaking dog. That's awesome. <laughs> but you know, in a game, yeah. once again, Red Dead, that's huge. That game is enormous. So exactly. Little glitches exactly. like that and, and the mammoth falling out of the sky every time I went to, like, <laughs> I can't remember where it was. <laughs> yeah, I had horses. I had all kinds of things fall out of the sky. Also, I noticed the other day, even with the upgrade, I um I stole a horse, and the mm-hmm. horse disappeared out from under me, like, <laughs> not all the time, but just on certain scenes. It would just, like, I would be, like, riding in midair. Oh, he jumped to light speed without you. Hey, but, but, you know, that's the kind of thing where, like, with the talking dog, it doesn't stop gameplay. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm talking about glitches that shut you down. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. Well, step, putting your toe in the water and ending your game, I can see, it would yeah, be a little annoying. <laughs> So, uh, so those are the, uh, so those are the ones that, uh, those are our top five pet peeves. Um, um, next week we'll be doing the games that we really like, and that should take us up into, uh, up into E3. So that'll be a good thing. So Marie, thank you so much for, uh, joining me today. Um, our, our email address is genelounge at gameindustry.com, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash gameindustry. Uh, we're on Google Plus, uh, we're on Twitter. Um, you can get to all of them by the cute little buttons on the main webpage, and uh, we look forward to seeing you there. So, Marie, uh, you're going to join me next week for the best of? <laughs> yeah, I think I can make that one. <laughs> okay, well, good. All right, well, I will see you then. Until then, uh, have a good week, and uh, we'll see you right here next time at the Gin Lounge. <laughs> Thank you.